Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of Dan and Frankie Goes to Hollywood. In case you hadn't already guessed, my name is Dan. And I'm Frankie. Indeed you are. Don't believe the hype. And uh, yeah, so it has been another cracking couple of weeks of movie watching and Oscars talk and trailers and all sorts of things going on. How has your week, or two weeks been I should say? Uh, pretty uneventful, actually. How about yours? Oh. Um, well, far from uneventful, actually. <laughs> um, so, yeah, aside from, you know, with all the usual movie watching and all that sort of stuff, um, I only found out, uh, was it yesterday, that um, there, was a, there was a bit of a um, celebrity appearance on the Gold Coast, where I live, on, on the weekend. And uh, I, I missed out on, on seeing this person. Do you know who this person is? Yes, I do. <laughs> I was the yeah. one who broke the news. I know, I know. Or, or confirmed I, I knew the news that I didn't know, that you didn't know, because it's your favourite person. Yeah, I, I'm just stalling here because I just don't want to talk about it. But, um, yeah, look, so, so for the uninitiated, I'm a little bit of a Margot Robbie fan. Um, and it is a goal of mine. I have a replica of, uh, Harley Quinn's baseball bat from Suicide Squad. And it has a big blank section up near the top where I desperately want to get Margot Robbie's autograph on it one day. Like, seriously, that is my holy grail. That, if I ever get that happening, I will sacrifice everything I own just to, just to have that one thing. Um... And so on Saturday on the Gold Coast, we had the Actor Awards, which is the Australian Academy of Cinema and Television Arts, I believe it is. Um, now, I knew that the Actor Awards were happening because I have a lot of friends on Facebook and stuff who are involved in the industry. And so I'd heard about the Actor Awards and I just thought it was kind of a small time thing until I found out yesterday that Margot Robbie herself was actually present at this thing. Um, now the reason why this cuts deep and makes me suicidal is because it happened 17 minutes down the road from my house. It's, I'm, I live so close by to there. Uh, I, and then I see pictures of her like meeting fans out the front and everything and I'm just like, oh God, I could have easily gone and had that happen. Then I find out She's been shopping on the Gold Coast and all this sort of stuff and everything. And I'm just like, look, you know what? I've just got to let it slide. It clearly wasn't meant to be this time, but yeah, there, there will be another time. But uh, but as it turns out, I mean, we were doing something pretty fun on Saturday anyway, weren't we? So Yeah, poker day. So it, it would have been a bit weird if you'd just left us at your house to, to go chasing <laughs> Margot Robbie. Yeah, but honestly, would anybody blame me? <laughs> I mean, come on, you know, poker's great and everything, but this is Margot we're talking about. Um, but yeah, look, I'm just going to have to uh, just cut my losses in it. But yeah, but um, yes, no, honestly, yeah, the poker game was amazing, especially because we were celebrating the birthday of our very good friend and more than likely number one listener, Mr. Jean-Marc Manning, a.k.a. J.M., uh, who the day that this podcast is going out, it is his birthday. I'm not going to say how old he is, but um, <laughs> uh, he's 
older than 59 and younger than 61. No, 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 that's, hey, that's a, that could be anything really, couldn't it? So, yeah, no, happy birthday, JM, I'm sure happy you're listening. Happy Yes, I hope you, hope you have an amazing day. But uh, look, you know, aside from Margot Robbie and birthdays and all that sort of thing, oh boy, we have had a cracking fortnight of movie watching, haven't we? Well, I actually have watched very little in the last two weeks compared to normal, especially after the two weeks previous where I watched way more than normal. But I did watch my best movie of the year so far Mm -hmm. and probably going to end up being an all-time favourite. So there is that. (laughs) It's definitely a case of uh, quality over quantity, isn't it? Um, Mm. I have been watching quite a few movies, but yeah, some of them have been absolute turkeys. Um, (laughs) Like I did manage to catch a Ted Pryor film that I'd never seen before that uh, I kind of deeply regret now. But anyway. (laughs) um, Can't all uh, be deadly prey. No, no, they can't all be deadly prey. But... um, um but yeah i mean i because i too happened to check out this uh, this alleged movie that you're talking about should we start with that one then oh, look i think we should so uh what, what movie okay. was that well this came about because i found a new podcast in, in the last couple of months called film feast and they do best of the year and also best discoveries of the year episodes so i was like picking them out first to listen to because they normally focus on a a particular film per episode. So I was listening to the best discoveries of 2022 and one of the guys had prisoners on his list, which Ah. I did not know. Mm. And words mentioned many times were how it was stressful and tense and intense and that it had Hugh Jackman playing a character that sounded unlike how I've seen Hugh Jackman in movies. Mm-hmm. So it went on my list and then I just kept thinking about it. So I watched it uh, a week ago. Was it a week ago? No, it was I just it was a couple of days ago. ago. Yeah, it was only a few days ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, it was amazing and yes Mm -hmm. it was tense and intense and Hugh Jackman was amazing and really unlike I've seen him play a character in movies before I think maybe Mm -hmm. he's done a couple of movies where he's just been really full-on but I think Mm -hmm. of him as like greatest showman and Mm. and you know did he do that paperback hero Uh, yeah like rom-com back in the day so I think Mm -hmm. of him as like rom-coms and musicals and things now you might want to explain to the audience though that you have not seen the x-men films because oh yeah there is wolverine Wolverine. yeah because i'm watching and i'm thinking to myself like you haven't seen hugh jackman oh that's right you've not (laughs) seen logan yet um or any of the uh, wolverine films but um yeah so i think that's important uh would you compare them to a movie like this that's like realistic drama kind of Logan, yeah, hundred percent. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of the X Men films were, yeah, very you know, comic book. Uh, Logan was a completely different entity. It was a deeply serious kind of a film. You know, they even released a black and white version of it. It was, <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Yeah, I've got like uh, two different Blu-rays, like the the normal one and then the black and white version. Um, but that was a very intense film. It wasn't. 
like you can't compare the two films, you know, as such, but just in terms of Jackman's intensity, um, yeah, he well, is definitely like that. The X Men franchise is next on my list, so mm. I'll be getting to that soon, and I look forward to it. Yeah. So anyway, this movie, Prisoners, is about a, a two families get together for Thanksgiving, and they the both Schwarzeneggers have... and the Stallones. <laughs> We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. And they both have six-year-old daughters who go missing. And uh, the the cops, like, there was a weird guy hanging around. So the cops arrest him and uh, let him go because there's nothing to keep him. And Hugh Jackman is angry about that and takes matters into his own hands. Mm. And yeah, things get pretty intense <laughs> things get physical physical uh it's not the sort of movie you can really talk about is it because yeah that's a, that's really all there is to say without spoiling anything and i wouldn't mm. want to spoil anything because that's pretty much all i knew going in and mm. i just loved all all where it goes and mm. the twists and turns because it's the mystery of course of what happened to the girls and everything yeah and the best thing is Jake Gyllenhaal plays the mm. detective, Detective Loki. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they decided on that name. Um, <laughs> in such a realistic movie, and then I'm like, Detective Loki. <laughs> it just seems weird. But yeah. anyway... Um, well, it's got Wolverine in it, so why not? Well, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> and, I mean, I like Jake Gyllenhaal, but I've never been, like, a super fan like oh mm -hmm. i enjoy him in movies but i he's not a favorite that i look out for and mm. actually even though he's so in my world of just knowing him and seeing him around and everything mm. i've only actually seen eight of his movies before oh right um which it's like that jack nicholson thing like you yeah. I just expect i've seen more because mm. he's around so much mm. but then when i actually look i haven't so but yeah i was so into him in this and i mm. just thought that his character was so interesting because it was so different from a typical detective mm. that you get in a movie because, oh, yeah. um, well, he, he was just different and he didn't get all the usual detective tropes of, mm. you know, drinking problems and the home life and whatever. Yeah, he didn't so, have a drinking problem, he had a blinking problem. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Which uh, anyone who's seen the movie right now is like, oh, I understood that reference. <laughs> yeah, th there's a video on YouTube of someone who's put them all, all together in a video. Oh, really? <laughs> Brilliant. I saw that when I was searching, like, interview things. Right, right. Um, yeah, look, I... You... So then I told you about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, <laughs> I was a little confused because... Okay, I have this thing where... Oh, yeah, because I said it was the my <laughs> favourite movie of the year so far because i sacrificed time for something else to watch this movie because exactly. i was so and curious i'm sitting there thinking to myself look i know you like your action films i know you're a stallone fan um but really you know did you like prisoners that much because <laughs> in my brain see back in 2013 Two movies were released. One was Prisoners and one was Escape Plan, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. I don't know how, but over the courses of time, um, my brain has intertwined the two films. And I thought there was an action film directed by 
Dennis Villeneuve. <laughs> I'm sorry, he spells his name that way. I'm going to call him Dennis. Um, I called Prisoners, and it was set in a prison. It's an action film and stuff like. I, yeah, I had no idea what Prisoners was in reality. And so when you said it was your favourite movie of the year so far, I'm just like, what? A cheesy Schwarzenegger <laughs> Stallone action movie be that good? And then I looked it up on Wikipedia and I started reading the synopsis and I'm just like, holy crap, this sounds intense. And I stopped reading. Like, I read enough to... Yeah, I would say don't read that because it goes into detail really quickly. There's an overview that's vague, but once mm. you read the plot... Yeah. yeah. For me I don't personally... know. I like to go into movies, yeah, this kind of movie, just knowing the bare minimum. Mm. I, no, I actually liked knowing what I had read. That, that was enough to make me go, oh, my God. Like, I had to sit down and watch it last night. I just read this thing yesterday. I was like, yeah, I'm watching this movie as soon as humanly possible and to be perfectly honest even then like 80 percent of the stuff that i'd read didn't commit to memory so um <laughs> yeah it was fine but yeah i'm sitting there and watching this thing and how far did i get it was it 36 minutes or something yeah. like that where i had already paused the movie and looked on ebay for the blu-ray and bookmarked a cheap one i'm just at that point i was like holy shit, this is, like, perfect. It is a perfect film, and you don't get a lot of films that are perfect, you know? And, yeah, I, I kept watching, and, oh my god. Aside from the most incredible performances I've seen in a very long time, mm -hmm. um, yeah, the plot was brilliant. Every single thing that comes up that you're sort of like, what, what is going on here? You know, like... Why, why is David Dalmatian doing this? <laughs> and then later on, you're like, oh, wow. Like what the message I sent you all in capital letters, something to yeah. do with a sock. Um, I'm just sitting there. I was like, this is, uh, yeah, for a movie that had me so tense, I was trembling. Mm. I'm not kidding. I was fucking trembling in this film. Yeah, um, it's like captivated the whole way through, but when you get to near the end, I mm. literally was on the edge of my seat. I'm like, I, I need yeah. to sit up. I was like sitting up, leaning forward. Because so was I. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. just so intense. I'm like, oh, how's it going to end? What's going to happen next? Same. <laughs> I know, and I'm just thinking to myself, oh god, they, they could ruin the ending somehow, you know, but no, they didn't. I thought the ending was perfect where it actually ended oh my god like i wrote to you i i'm not kidding i threw my hands in the air and exclaimed yes because it was the best ending i've seen in decades um but look i'm sitting there after the movie had finished the credits are rolling and yeah i i know this is a really tall call because i only saw the movie for the first time last night but I am deeply considering that this movie could creep its way into my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Um, I'm definitely I... putting it on one of my favorites. I know when you said you were going to watch it last night and I, I had rented it. And so mm. I still had like 12 hours left on the rental period. So yeah, I was like, right. you know what? I have to go to bed soon, but I'm just going to start watching it again. And mm. just, and I wanted to, like, I had listened to the score at work because I was after some, like, just instrumental background stuff. Mm -hmm. 
and and I hadn't remembered noticing it in the film, but when I watched it the second time, I was like, oh yeah, it's not a in-your-face score, mm. but it just really adds to the atmosphere of oh, the scenes yeah. so Absolutely. well. And just, yeah, the way it's shot, the acting, like mm. I can't think of... I have one thing that I questioned, which is oh, not yeah. a big thing at all. Can't mm-hmm. say it here because spoilers, yep. but I'll tell you later. Mm-hmm. But besides that, yeah, everything was so perfect. I... Like there was no boring mm. bits. It just kept oh, going no. and going and mm. yeah. Oh yeah, no, the, the pacing was perfect. Like I said, yeah, everything to me was perfect. Um, so yeah, but being that we could probably talk for an entire hour about this film, why don't we? How about <laughs> you and me? We will do a bonus episode devoted solely to prisoners. Uh, the Dennis Villeneuve one, not the Schwarzenegger Stallone version. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're going to do a bonus episode on this because, uh, yeah, Frankie and I have a lot that we want to talk about this movie. We want to get stuck into spoilers. We want to go deep inside this movie. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to do a bonus episode that will be out next week. So stay tuned for that one. If you're a fan of the movie, you are going to love it. Um, <laughs> Before but, we move yeah. on, mm. if, if you've said everything. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so after watching this, I was like, of course, I need to watch more Jake Gyllenhaal, especially mm-hmm. like dark, dramatic roles, mm-hmm. because I haven't, I don't think I've seen too many that he's done in that kind of genre. So I looked up, he actually has 23 films I haven't seen that are available right. to me streaming. Mm-hmm. I was just going to see if you've seen any of them and have opinions, because mm-hmm. a lot of them sound pretty good. Before you say Nightcrawler, oh my god, I love that movie to death. Well, that is on the list because I haven't yeah, I seen that. <laughs> <laughs> no, ah, oh, that is a brilliant film. I got that one on Blu-ray. One that's already on my list that just came on to streaming, so I mm. was planning to watch it soon anyway, is mm-hmm. Ambulance. No, I haven't seen that one, but... Actually, oh boy, was that the Michael Bay film? Or am I getting that confused with something else? Me... Yes, it is. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I saw the trailer for that when it came out, and I was like, oh, God, this is a Michael Bay film, but just, you know, a very typical Michael Bay film, and that, that kind of put me off because, I don't know, his movies are a little bit, you know, Michael Bay-ish, if you will. <laughs> um, so, I, no, I have not seen that one. Oh, but I'd give it a go, though. Yeah, it's got mixed reviews. That doesn't surprise so, me. <laughs> um, there's one called Demolition. I have not seen that one. So that one has a very vague description. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, End of Watch. Oh, yes, I have seen that one a very long time ago. Uh, I vaguely remember it. Mm. Uh, Love and Other Drugs. Haven't seen it. And what else? Oh, The Day After Tomorrow. Um, yeah, I I have seen that one. Which you know, I'm just like, 
It's mm. one of those natural disaster movies where unfortunately it's not one of those good ice. natural disaster <laughs> movies though. But that... I, 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 I don't know. I've, I've watched. I kind of find it's like the the thing of like sci-fi channel movies mm. and whatever. Like I can watch them. Just give me that stuff. I, I can, yeah, I've seen it a couple of times, and, and that's probably enough. <laughs> it's not good. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Breakback Mountain's the big one that I, I have seen that seen. one. And look, I don't want to sound controversial, but I thought that film was really overrated. There you go. I said it. Well, yes, I, mean, I must hate gay people. Oh, no. Uh, a lot no, of films that you can say that about. Yeah, I, 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 I watch it and I just thought, eh, you know, maybe it sort of got a little bit overhyped because, you know, I mean... Of the subject matter i'm trying to choose my words very carefully here but um, and he fled joe yeah yeah um yeah look at the end of the day yeah i, I thought it was a bit ordinary and brothers i have not seen that one they're probably the ones i will start with although there is one mm -hmm. called stronger um okay. which interests me because it's about a guy uh, in the Boston Marathon bombing and oh, that helping one, yeah. the police, but he has to yeah, yeah. learn how to walk, I can tell from the movie poster. <laughs> uh, out of all of those that you mentioned, though, I would definitely recommend Nightcrawler the most. Uh, that movie was extraordinary. Um, yeah, I know. I know that's one that gets talked about a lot, that and Zodiac. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, which yeah. is also on my list because I haven't seen it. <gasps> yeah, Zodiac was good. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think I get a bit put off with Zodiac things because they they never found out who it was, and I kind mm -hmm. of that kind of annoys me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. I know there's not going to be like a satisfying ending because I right, don't know who right. did it. Yeah. Oh well, you can always make. But up I mean, your I own I do like the story of the like obsession. And mm. who were the other two guys? When I saw who, I watched the trailer of mm -hmm. some of them, and this one, it's um, Mark Ruffalo, ooh, mm -hmm. and Anthony Edwards, mm. and Robert Downey Jr. So I'm like, yeah. ugh, these oh, three the guys. Oh, incredible. and Dermot Mulroney. So, but yeah, <laughs> just like these three guys get obsessed with this case, and it's these mm. three guys. I'm like, okay, I'll yeah. watch it. Yeah, no, it's it's I I. I probably didn't like it as much as a lot of other people did. Like, I know there are some people that just, you know, like, proclaim it as one of the greatest detective thrillers of all time. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I own it and stuff, but, uh, yeah, it's not a movie that I kind of, like, you know, go out of my way to watch every couple of years or whatever, but, um, yeah, I still recommend it. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, well, you'll right. be hearing about some of these in the future. <laughs> <laughs> But um, speaking of thrillers, there was another movie that you also had recommended to me that I finally got around to watching. And that, oh, well, wait a minute. No, 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 hang on. Got, got to cancel this one. Can't do it because it's a Roman Polanski <laughs> film. Sorry. Nope. Cancelled. No, look, I, I, you know, defied um, all, you know, traditions and and what is expected of me in society and i watched a roman polanski film called repulsion because you lent me that blu-ray oh years ago when we <laughs> first started getting to know each other and you're like here borrow all these movies and and get to know me and i was like okay and yeah i finally got around to watching that movie and oh my god that blew my mind i 
that was a five star movie to me. I um, mm-hmm. at at first not so much. Like it started off a little bit. Uh, yeah, it takes a while to get going. It does take a little while to get going, um, but my god, it was so fantastic. Uh, Catherine Deneuve in the title role. Um, yeah, so this movie was yeah. It's basically about a she plays a manicurist named Carol and. She suffers from this, uh, you know, thing where uh, we're interacting with men, basically. Um, and she lives with her sister, who is going off with her boyfriend on holiday, who happens to be married to somebody else, and they leave her behind, essentially. And what happens next? It's one of those movies that, to me, it was like being in a nightmare. Uh, and I love a movie that can do that to me, you know, it, um, yeah, just all the hallucinations that she starts experiencing in this descent into madness and then what happens later on to a few people and everything, it was, it was mind-blowing. So the film was from 1965, it's in black and white, um, but I, you know, please, if you, if you're the sort of person... Nobbins, who doesn't like old black and white movies, I would still highly recommend this one because um, it sort of had a timeless feel to to me. Like, um, it's you know sometimes you watch a movie like an old movie and you think like, man, it, they did so good, but geez, it could benefit from a remake or something like that. Like, no, this one was just perfect the way it was. Um, so yeah, I thank you so much for lending me that one because, uh, that was such an absolute joy to watch. I've, I've got to own that movie one day. You're lucky you gave it back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you watched it. It was a five-star film for me, which is why Mm. I put it on the the pile of movies Mm -hmm. I gave you that you must see. And you've watched a few of them, so. I have. And and you've generally, or have you liked all of them? Almost, um, I can't remember now, but the recent yeah. times you've you've liked the ones you've watched recently. I think at least. I have uh, liked all of them. Um, I don't recall any of them sort of you know getting through it and thinking eh, that was interesting. I don't want to be your friend anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think I've liked all of them. Either either liked or absolutely loved them. Like, yeah. hmm. so you're doing good so far. It's no wonder we're doing a podcast together. Yeah, and you're watching all the movies that I had on my list to show you for, for mm-hmm. this. So yeah. my, my list yeah. is going down. Mm-hmm. Not just for me giving you films, but for you independently watching other ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, I mean, uh, that's I think you've watched two lately that were clues I gave you in previous mm-hmm. episodes, but you picked other films. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so what else have you been watching? Uh, I watched Field of Dreams recently, which ah. I thought I had seen until I started mm-hmm. watching it and then realized I had not. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, basically, uh, it's pretty funny. I came across this because I was buying a Blu-ray on Amazon and it had, you know, if you buy two things, you can get an extra percentage off. So mm-hmm. I went looking at the other things and I found Field of Dreams um, 4K for really cheap. Right. So I was like, ah baseball movie Kevin Mm. Costner Mm. and I thought I had seen it (laughs) so um I I chucked that in so I watched Mm -hmm. it and hadn't seen it but it's so good it's really quite a sort of sentimental kind Mm. of it's it's a bit cheesy but 
mm-hmm. like in a good way yeah that you just can enjoy it and mm. what i loved was because you know it it starts straight away into it he hears a voice telling him to make a baseball thing in his field mm. like he's on a farm mm-hmm. and so he like plows all the gets rid of all the corn or whatever and makes this baseball diamond and then mm. um ghosts of old baseball players come and start right. using it but only he can wow. see them and his family which i thought was interesting there's not the mm. whole no one believes him that this stuff is happening right right. Um, like most people can't see anything but his family can so mm. his wife doesn't think he's completely lost his mind so what you're saying is he built it and they did come yes yeah Okay, mm. I might not have seen the movie, but of course I know the famous line from it. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's a movie that just never got on my radar. I I remember when it came out because um, I was working in a cinema at the time, and yeah, I don't know, it just didn't appeal to me. I was like, oh, sentimental movie and sports. Hmm, let me see. Oh no, look, the <laughs> Judgment Night is playing. Um, it, it's yeah. it's like a. It feels like a good kind of sunday afternoon movie or something right right just like a really cruisy film Mm. but also it was pretty do you does this ever happen to you it happens to me and i don't know if it's because i don't know either actor super well but Mm. in my mind i just get michael keaton and kevin costner mixed up in my head not like i don't think they're each other but sometimes when i think of movies that either of them are in i have to pause and be like no that never ever ever happens to me uh (laughs) but then again i i guess with your batman history you may be yeah but really solid i don't know i just sometimes dad so jonathan kent so yeah there you go (laughs) okay (laughs) i'm gonna edit that bit out (laughs) um Next. Okay. Sorry, I don't get your references. Oh, that's right. Neither do I half the time. <laughs> um, well, and also another movie uh, that you made me watch. You you've actually really influenced my movie watching these last <laughs> couple of weeks. But after your uh, big spiel about it in the last episode, I uh, I did check out Desperately Seeking Susan um because yeah what was it? there was one night after we finished playing games i was like oh, i'm gonna watch a movie and i don't know what and you're like hey go watch desperately seeking susan and i was like ha, well, yeah tell me what to expressed do. an interest in the whole like mistaken identity i did thing. i did yeah i i didn't say don't tell me what to do i yeah. went and watched it instead of doing that but um yeah i i i really enjoyed it i didn't enjoy it as much as you did but um it Oh my god, it was so iconically 80s. Yeah. Like, if someone, you know, if one day when my kids come up to me and say, Dad, what did the 80s look like? I'm going to be like, here kids, watch Desperately Seeking Susan. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I dug it. It Yeah, just, it was just a lightweight, fun kind of film. Um, it was very much a Madonna vehicle. I mean, the fact that there was a scene where She's standing in a bar next to a jukebox, listening to Get Into the Groove playing. I'm just like, oh, come on, man, seriously? But of course, you know, back in the day, people lapped that stuff up. They're like, oh my God, Madonna's listening to Madonna. This is so cool. Um, But yeah, look, overall, um, 
Yeah, I, I, I had a good time with it. Uh, you know, it's the sort of movie that I, I would watch it again. I probably, I don't know if I'd buy it and add it to the collection, but um, yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely thought it was fun. And it just reminded me that um, Michael Dudikoff was indeed the most beautiful <laughs> male actor from 1985. Uh, so, case closed. There you go. What do you get to say about that? Yeah, that's right. Well, no, because I, I meant to research <laughs> and I didn't. Because yeah. uh, I've seen one Dudikoff film, which is mm -hmm. American Ninja. Mm -hmm. but a fair while ago and I do remember noticing him and also like I have never mm. seen someone wear a uniform mm. like him in that movie it was like perfectly tailored perfectly oh, yes. ironed looked mm -hmm. just perfect but mm. I feel like he's good looking but that's it whereas I feel like Ooh. Aiden Quinn has there's two types of good looking there's the people who go. who just look good just mm. whatever look mm. good and then yep. there's the people that if you see a photo of them you might be like yeah okay but then when mm. you see them on screen they just mm. completely draw you in like dudikoff is that what you're saying no like aiden quinn ah uh, yeah see dudikoff's just pretty well yeah did aiden quinn was was <laughs> he a pro tennis player prior to being cast in a film was he dyslexic and couldn't actually read the words yet still managed to get through you know and it, like l carrying a whole movie on his shoulders did he do all of those things? I think not. It's yes. not relevant. Well, it is. It's not <laughs> relevant to being good looking. Yeah, okay, you've got a point there. But, <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I don't know. Look, now, again, you know, after my comments about Brokeback Mountain, when I say, look, I'm not gay, as you know, according to Seinfeld, there's, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, all I'm saying is that if I look at Aiden Quinn and I look at Michael Dudikoff, Michael Dudikoff gives me a stiffy. Aiden Quinn doesn't. Okay, and I just—I'm not just, so superficial. I go with the feelings. I'm really glad you didn't say that you don't get a stiffy because that would just be <laughs> really, really weird. Um, yeah, but anyway, I think this has gotten weird enough. We're going to leave this open for debate. Well, the uh, thing is, we we'll have our own awards, and we can award one each, and then have mm. the two most beautiful men of 1985. Our own awards, you say? Oh my goodness, let's talk about that another time. But yes, stay tuned, people, because uh, probably closer to Oscars time, we will have something that we're going to announce to you all. Um, well, yeah. speaking of Aiden Quinn. Oh. I Because I plan to deep dive into his movies after watching Desperately Seeking Susan, but then life mm -hmm. happened, so I only made it to one. But ah. <laughs> it was a good one. I mm -hmm. went back to um, his first film, Desperately Seeking Susan, was his second film that he did. Right. So I went back to the first one called Reckless from 1984. Oh, I've heard of it. I had not heard of it. Right. But it's, uh, it's, just, it's a standard teen movie, but it's not filmed like a teen movie. So it's mm -hmm. like the cinematography is so good in this. You read reviews, there's so many people saying that. But it's pretty much a teen movie. There's the sort of, you know, kind of like a wrong side of the tracks character, Aiden mm. Quinn, but he's not actually that character because he's also on the football team. Mm -hmm. But he's just, you know, wearing the leather jacket, riding the motorbike. And like one of the other guys on the football team's like, hey, you used to be normal. So, you know, right, right. there's some stuff going on that's made him like that. Mm. And so he's been like a risk taker and he'll like 
drink beer on some flimsy cliff lookout and then he'll ride his motorbike and like spin the wheel around to kick the can <laughs> off the edge and you know if he misjudges mm. it and the wheel goes off the edge bye-bye mm -hmm. he's gone yeah and right. daryl hannah is the cheerleader who's That's um, right. dating a guy on the football team mm -hmm. but falls for aiden quinn and so it's this whole thing of you know they get put together. Oh, there's a great scene. They get put, there's some dance thing where people get paired up. Right. And some girl fixes it so she gets Daryl Hannah's boyfriend because she's mm. into him. So Daryl Hannah ends up matched with Aiden Quinn. Mm -hmm. And there's a great dance scene. He turns up, changes the record to a cool mm. song mm -hmm. and just starts dancing. And I <laughs> did not know he could dance like that. It's right, like right. the highlight of the film. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, it was a really fun film and, mm -hmm. but kind of, you know, it's not really surface level. It gets into it a bit mm. of like the problems they feel they're having with their lives and everything. Mm -hmm. There's also the most amazing romantic scenes where they like break into a high school and they're just like running around doing crazy stuff and right, right. yeah. It's oh, pretty okay. steamy, pretty romantic. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And then I thought the ending was really good. Cool. Well, so, um, that's a good one. Okay. Well, speaking of movies the uh, and, and movie endings, uh, I guess that's the best segue I've got for this <laughs> one. Um, and yet another movie that uh, you inspired me to watch. Uh, and that was a 2019 film called Villains. The other one I gave you a clue for recently, but you exactly, didn't pick it, yes. and I was very sad, so I'm glad that you decided to watch it. This movie would have been a five-star film if it hadn't been for the ending, which I'm not going to say what it is, of course, because we don't do spoilers around here, except for the sealed section, uh, which I might even actually talk about that in the sealed section, but um, I, yeah, I, I thought this movie sounded like fun, like... Um, uh, Bill Skarsgård, uh, Micah Munro play this couple who are on the run. They've robbed a convenience store and they uh, their car breaks down. They wind up at this creepy weird house where they break in um, to, you know, find another car or whatever. And um, the couple who own the house, well, first of all, they, uh, they find this little girl chained down in the basement. And then the couple who owns the house, they get home and weird shit happens because this couple who own the house are two of the most freaking weird psycho characters i've seen in a very long time um and, and so yeah there's this kind of uh, power struggle where you know two well, one pair of characters has got the upper hand then the other pair of characters has got the upper hand and um i don't want to say too much more but I, yeah, I thought it sounded like fun. Anyway, I sat down and watched it, and oh my god, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It, um, just the tone and everything, it's a dark comedy mm. film, and yeah, it, um, it just, it was perfect, you know, in terms of balancing that comedy with, I wouldn't really say it was a thriller too much, but, you know, kind of a crime caper sort of a film, if you will, but... The chemistry between Bill and Micah just made those two so mm. believable and you just wanted them so badly to, you know, be victorious at the end of the film. Um, I just adored them. Um, 
Yeah, so no, that was another movie I was very grateful that you inspired me to watch. I, I it's the sort of film I probably would have watched it anyway at some point because um, you know I like those actors and stuff. But um, that's yeah. why I found it. Oh, I, I independently I like each actor, and I mm. think it was just I don't know if it was Micah Monroe. I think I watched her in something and went. Oh, she's just so good in movies. I need to watch more. And I was going through her filmography and then saw that one with Bill Skarsgård. And I was like, okay, I'm watching that right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It's so goddamn good. Uh, like I said, I... Uh, like you, because uh, I remember you said this to me, I, I I play the ending out very differently in my head. <laughs> um, the ending that I saw in the film, I refuse to accept. Um, but yeah, it, uh, yeah, that, that was, that was a near five star film for me. So, um, yeah, no, I You've really done really well this fortnight. I have. There's been so films. many movies that actually, hang on, let me have a look here. There have been one, two, three, four films that I've given five stars to. Um, that one villains got four and a half, so that was close. Um, there's been a couple of four star films, three four star films. Like, yeah, I've just been watching a lot of good stuff. It's no wonder I'm in such a good mood, especially after <laughs> not getting to meet Margot Robbie. I should be throwing things around the room, but here I am, all happy because of good movies. Yeah, which is funny in the case of Prisoners. It's like oh, such yeah. <laughs> a dark and intense movie, but I just feel so happy about it because it's so mm. good. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have one more that I'll just mention briefly, but I mm -hmm. did watch Society of the Snow. Oh, um, yes, which I nearly watched but didn't get around to. Yeah, because that the story fascinates me and that's my, mm. you know, surviving in the harsh elements. So, of course, mm -hmm. I'm interested in the story of a plane crashes and they have to survive. And mm. even knowing basics of the story, I don't I didn't remember any details of, you know, how many days it was and right. everything going on. So that felt all new to me, even though mm. I knew the basic plot and whatever. But I just thought the actors were really great. There's really interesting, kind of mm -hmm. feel tense all the time. What's going to happen? Right. The plane crash scene was amazing. Yeah. Um, which I love a movie with a good plane crash scene that oh, just completely yeah. freaks you out. And mm. you kind of, there's one part of it and you're like, oh yeah, cool plane crash. And then it shows some other stuff that I almost had to look away, except oh, it was wow. so quick that I didn't yeah. need to, but I was just right. like, oh. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so that was mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. No, I um. Have you ever seen Alive? The other film that I have, but like I don't remember it. It was so many years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, right. Because I'm yeah curious. Well, from what I've gathered, uh, Society of the Snow is the vastly superior film. But um, yeah, no, I I really wanted to watch that, but um, yeah, Kylie and I wound up finishing a series called Harper's Island, and I couldn't put that down because. Yeah, that was like, you know, big murder mystery thing and we were nearly at the end and I was like, oh, which one do we watch? Heck with it, let's just get Harper's Island out of the way. So I will get around to Society of the Snow. Yeah, it's point. good. I think knowing it's a true story yeah. and that it's real people adds to what you're feeling when you're watching it because mm. you're just like imagining having to go through that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So, yeah, no, I'm very, very keen to see it. I know it's got like massive ratings on Letterboxd. Um, well, the, the last one that I was going to talk about was, um, actually it's, 
kind of two films that I want to talk about because these are films that... Alright, do you ever have those movies where you've watched it, you've watched it maybe a couple of times or whatever, and then a year or two later you go to yourself, you, you think of that film, you're like, what actually happened in that film? Do you do you have those or is it just Yeah, me? no, I have a crap memory, so I, I quite often go back to movies and forget right. I, major things. <laughs> I generally don't. Generally, I'm pretty good. But one film that I did check out that uh, after my recent sort of gaming thing where I'm just so deep into Tomb Raider, I thought, oh, I want to watch the recent, you know, uh, version of Tomb Raider that came out in... Uh, was it 2018? Oh, yes, 2018. Um, and, yeah, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I, I've seen it twice. I saw it at the movies. I bought the 3D Blu-ray, which I have watched, and I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened in the <laughs> film. I'm not kidding. So, yeah, I sat down, like, it was so weird. Like, you know, the, I mean, it is a good movie. Don't get me wrong. It is a good movie. Like, when I'm watching it, I'm like, wow, this is... And, oh, so much better than the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider films, which I am currently in the middle of the very first one, and it is trash. It really <laughs> is. You know, this film just... But the 2001 starts off like, you know, Lara Croft is just a superhero. Straight away, boom, you're thrown into her big action world, and then, you know, you see... Angelina Jolie going up from a battle sequence and, you know, stripping off with her back to the camera and, like, she's just uber-sexualized and, you know, all this sort of shit. And it's just like, wow, they really dropped the ball on that film, you know? <laughs> and I remember when it came out, like, the trailer actually made it look really good. And we went into it thinking, holy shit, this is going to be, you know, Indiana Jones with boobs. This is going to be amazing. And we walked out going, oh, that was incredibly mediocre. Um, so then when the 2018 one came out, which is based on the new trilogy of games where it's, you know, gritty and real and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, like Alicia Vikander is Lara Croft. She was superb. She is so goddamn brilliant in the role. Um, but yeah, like at the end of the day, yeah, the, the plot was just average like so average that you kind of walk away and a year later you're like yeah what actually happened in that film so i'm watching this thing and yeah like the whole intro where she is a bike courier in london you know because yeah she's not the superhero at the start which is great um you know she's sort of thrust into this world like she's got to more sort of adapt to her environment rather than knowing what to do straight away um but yeah, like I got to the end of the film, like I recommend it in 3D if anyone has a chance to watch it in that format, because um, that was pretty dazzling. But um, yeah, I, I can already feel like scenes are just sort of packing their bags in my brain and saying, all right, we're going to go now. You guys stay here. We'll go. And the other scenes are like, well, hang on a second. No, no, no. We'll come with you. So yeah, it is slipping away, but um, not as much as... Now, of course, uh, one of our movies that we're going to be discussing uh, for our main section is Sin City. And when I watched that, I was like, oh my god, need more. And so that afternoon, I threw on Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, uh, which was, of course, the 2014 sequel. That, I swear to god, like, at least Tomb Raider, I'm watching that. And as I'm watching it, things are coming back to me. Sin City 2... 
No, it was like watching it for the first time again. <laughs> I did not remember a single thing from that film, um, which was really bizarre, being that Robert Rodriguez is my favourite filmmaker, and I'll get into what I thought of Sin City soon, but um, yeah, that film just, probably way more than Tomb Raider, it, it had completely left my memory, um, and which was weird, because there are poker scenes in the film, um, with, um, what's, his, what's that guy with three names, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's, there's like two major poker scenes in it, which are actually really good. And maybe in a year's time, that's all I'm going to remember of it. Because, uh, yeah, that was a completely forgettable film. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, as much as I had a lot of five-star films and everything this week... Um, Finish on a downer. Well, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, Tomb Raider is good. Um, it's just, just weirdly... Forgettable, yeah. Uh, but anyway. Well, at go. least you can enjoy it like a new film every time you go back to it. Well, yeah, I think that's what I said in my letterbox rating. Is, is <laughs> this is the most uh, enjoyably forgettable film that is just, you know, fun to go back to and watch it again for the first time every couple of years. So, <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway. But before we get stuck into our main movie chat, uh, as you know, before any good movie comes a trailer. And uh, yesterday uh, was the Superb Owl in America. Oh, sorry, I'm reading that wrong. Super Bowl. Um, and, uh, you know, for all of us who don't really care too much about sports ball, uh, yeah, it is trailer day. It is a day where we just get showered with gifts in the form of two or three minute clips from movies that are coming up. So what, what did you check out of the new swag of trailers? Uh, well, the first thing I watched was Twisters because mm -hmm. um, it it's always a worry when they remake or I, I think this is a remake because it looks kind of the same um, mm -hmm. old movies, but it's a movie about chasing tornadoes and I get to go see it on a big screen. So I don't care if it's like beat for beat the same as the original. Mm -hmm. I watch it because it's tornadoes and also it's a really good cast. So I enjoyed it. Yes. It does look like Glenn Powell is doing a character similar to Top Gun, where mm -hmm. he's kind of a jerk, but <laughs> probably, you know, a mm. good guy underneath all of it. So, and he, like he said, plays that role well. The day. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Mm hmm. Um, well, yes, I, yeah, I watched that. Yeah, I, look, I wasn't. That it's not excited like, like it wasn't a really exciting trailer but i mean it's I tornadoes it like so that gets yeah, me excited. i thought it looked like fun um look as long as there's a cow in the reboot <laughs> cool um yeah because i mean I've, I've, you know we all that that was the highlight of the original was seeing the cow go wee uh so yeah that's all i'm i'm keen for but um uh yeah i also caught the trailer for wicked 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 which mm. I saw the stage musical years ago and that absolutely blew my tiny little mind. Um, it was probably my favourite stage production that I've ever seen. It's that good. Um, although Book of Mormon was really good too. Wicked was more visually dazzling though. So yeah, I was keen. I didn't even know that um ariana cafe grande was gonna be in this thing and so i'm watching i'm like 
Who is Oh no. Cause look, I'm not really a fan. I don't dislike her. I've never met her, so I don't know. But uh yeah, I was like, okay, let's just, you know, absorb the the the, the emerald vibrance that is emanating from my screen. And yeah, <laughs> I loved what I saw. Um it I yeah, if anything, just I will go just for the visuals for that one. Yeah, I did notice that. I I don't know. I had the book on my shelf for years. I don't have it anymore, right. but uh, I never got around to reading it or mm -hmm. whatever. So I don't know the story or anything much about it. Yeah, but right. I watched the trailer and went, oh, everything looks so pretty and it's all so yeah. colorful and nice. So yeah, oh, I definitely want yeah. to see it. Yeah, the colors were just so vibrant and just yeah, no, I, I yeah. And so much green. I mean, how can you go wrong with that? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else did you check out? Uh, I I did see just today because it wasn't doing the rounds like the trailers, but there was a little like just sort of small spot that they did for uh, the Fall Guy. And oh yeah, I haven't actually watched that. I know you sent it to yeah. me, but I got very busy and didn't check it out. So tell so, us. So uh, apart from missing the bon jovi of the trailer ah, <laughs> i thought it was it was so fun it just it's really you know like fast cuts and words on the screen and it just uh -huh. really energetic and right, and right. funny this the bits they showed i just i mm. love ryan gosling when he's doing comedy mm. like it's my new favorite thing because <laughs> it's just so different from when he's doing more serious films Mm -hmm. And so this one looks like it's just going to be so much fun. So mm -hmm. I think that's March or did that get pushed back? I don't know. It's coming soon, but uh, mm. I can't wait to see it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm super looking forward to that one as well. Um, but yeah, another film that I'm super looking forward to uh, a lot more than you are because you have not seen the recent Planet of the Apes trilogy. Uh, I haven't seen was... any of them. <laughs> no, uh, that was, uh, of course, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, which, um, look, those previous films oh man i when the first one came out i did not expect it was going to be that good you know and i walked away from that film just thinking that was something really extraordinary and then i can't remember if it was both the second and third film or one of, i know one of them at least i gave a 10 out of 10 on my youtube channel when i reviewed it um it yeah those films are extraordinary and so whatever they do with this sequel, I am on board. I loved um, how, yeah, this time around it was a complete reversal. Like, you know, the apes are the absolute dominant species and humans are like the apes were in, you know, in the earlier chapters. Like, they're kind of the slaves, if you will. I, I don't know really what the plot is, but um, yeah. And it intrigued me as to, uh, you know, who this... this girl was that they're trying to save and all this sort of stuff there's yeah there was a lot going on in there that um really got me uh super hooked so yeah no i'm very much looking forward to that one another recent trailer which wasn't part of the super bowl but mm -hmm. we just have to mention it because it mm. looks so good mm -hmm. late night with the devil finally oh, has a release date yes, i've yes, been yes, waiting yes. because i saw things about it last year when it was doing some festivals but i right. couldn't make it to see it and so mm. i've been waiting and waiting for it to get a proper release and it's mm. almost here i think it's march in america but it's april here so yeah definitely want to go see that oh yeah that was the first time i'd seen anything about it uh, the other day and i was mind blown by what i saw uh 
it looks so authentically 70s mm -hmm. and i i love it when they can not just set something in a time period but actually make it look like that um did you ever see a movie called house of the devil i believe it was by ty west yes that movie was set in the 80s but it also looked like the movie came from the 80s you know it mm. was so authentic and yeah this one they have done just as good a job of making it look like it is a 70s film so um and will you be yeah. thinking of his prisoner's character when you watch it, <laughs> it what is stallone or schwarzenegger in it what what are you saying i didn't see them in there <laughs> um look maybe who knows um, <laughs> it was just funny see because i've seen him in a few movies lately he was in the boogeyman and yeah, so it's right. just weird to watch prisoners because it's like 11 mm. years ago so yeah, he looks yeah. younger yeah but yeah he's he's really been in tons of things lately oh has he ever yeah yeah um, and the the other cool video released today or roundabout mm. is the um oscars one i sent you with yeah uh, Jimmy Kimmel is hosting mm -hmm. the Oscars, so there was a Barbie-inspired little video mm. of him trying to get there. Where which Kate was McKinnon, hilarious. they've got her back playing weird Barbie. Uh, America Ferreira was in it, uh, and of course Ryan Gosling as Ken popped up. And I'm watching this thing, and I'm just thinking to myself, God, this could have been the actual intro to the Oscars, you <laughs> know? Um, yeah. But it was just a little advertisement. But I gotta admit, I I know. Uh, in the last episode, how I was saying that, you know, the Oscars has lost its magic for me and all that sort of stuff, and I probably won't watch it this year and everything. I don't know. If if it's going to be as entertaining as that clip, I'm now kind of thinking, man, this could actually be a pretty decent show this year. So, um, but yeah, I really loved how they addressed the whole thing with Greta Gerwig not getting nominated. That was amazing. Um, and Ryan screams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's um, good at doing that. But uh, yeah, but no, the, the 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 last trailer though that I have got to talk about because I've said it before, it is my number one most anticipated mm -hmm. movie of this year, and I now have finally had a couple of minutes of Deadpool and Wolverine in my eyeballs, and everything that I saw in that trailer was everything i wanted to see from that thing it oh my god ryan reynolds comedic timing is better than ever i swear like that bit where the tva are standing outside the apartment with the zap sticks and you know he makes the whole joke about disney and pegging and the way he glances sideways at the camera i'm just like oh that's that's sharp um the fight scene around the 20th century fox logo which my brain is speculating that maybe we'll see at the start like a 20th century fox logo come up and then something's going to happen you know because the whole sort of idea behind it is that disney now owns 20th century fox and they're eliminating that in a way so i'm wondering if it's going to you know do something with the logo where it becomes an actual set piece and there's a battle around it at the start um what are just oh my god everything i didn't even really care that much about seeing wolverine in it i was so invested in ryan reynolds performance <laughs> and and his jokes and everything that i was just kind of like oh yeah that's right wolverine's in it not that you saw him much mm. um but yeah that that truly gave me everything that i wanted from it and it's it yeah it, that has just reinforced the fact that it is my number one favorite 
Oh, I'm sorry, number one most anticipated movie of this year. Uh, and a reason for you to get stuck into the X-Men films so you can yes. finally see them. Yep. That, that's my plan is to... Uh, I actually cancelled my Disney Plus, so it runs out at the end of the month. So I'm going to try right. and watch the movies before mm -hmm. then. So cool. it's easy to watch them. <laughs> well, Because I, I only own like the a... first one, so yeah. I, mean, I don't own the rest. I think there's like 137 of them in the series now or so, but um, with all the spin-offs and all this sort of stuff. But uh, but you'll get there. I have every bit of faith in you. But, Remember uh, how I watched the 20-something MCU films? In, in like three months. days. Oh, a few months, that's right. Because <laughs> I, I had to be remember. ready for whatever one was coming out that year. Yeah. I don't remember which one, I don't which one either, we were up but, to then because um, there's so many. Yeah, there's a few, but yeah, no, you, you've totally got this. <laughs> but uh, all right, well, the trailers are over. Uh, I think the, uh, the lights are going down, the curtains are opening, and I think it's time to get stuck into the main features. What do you say? Sounds good. stuck into was our mutually chosen film and that was of course 1989's Batman. Uh, I don't really think I need to explain what the plot of the film is. Um, the Joker is a sort of a Joker origin story and he wants to poison Gotham City with Smilex gas and Batman has to stop him. Meanwhile there's a reporter named Vicky Vale who forms a love interest with Bruce Wayne and uh, he's trying to keep his dual identity from her and uh, and oh man I mean all right so talk to me here it's 1989 you're, you're just a little kid but you know, you're old enough to understand what movies are and everything what's what's your memory of when Batman came out because let's face it hey, this I, was an event I you know this, I don't have this kind of photographic memory for movies I watched when I was a kid. I don't even know if I saw it in the cinema. I might not have even seen it till it was on TV. I don't remember what films I saw at the cinema. But I'm not talking... a few, so yeah, I can't I'm not tell talking... you about okay. when I watched it. No, no, that's not what I'm asking. I'm talking about the cultural phenomenon. I'm talking about the fact that you couldn't buy a product that didn't have a bat symbol on it. That you know, people will walk around with well, Batman yeah, shirts Yeah, I don't know, but it was just a thing. And... Like there was Barbies, there was Batman stuff, there was this, there was. It was just a, you know. Thing. Mm. I didn't pay attention to that stuff when I was a kid. It was like <laughs> there's Batman stuff, okay, just like other toys. Yeah, we're probably showing our age difference there because I mean, I was. Well, 16... yeah, I was like what seven. Seven, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was 16, and I, I mean... That's my craft and clueless. I can tell you about right, that. Right, right, right. Don't remember yeah, when me, I was seven. <laughs> the, this was the first movie. I mean, I, I did... Like, I grew up with the Star Wars trilogy. That was big. But, yeah, I was kind of like you then. Like, you know, I mean, I was 7, 10, and 13 uh, when the Star Wars trilogy came out. So I was aware of it. I was aware of the toys and all that sort of stuff. But uh i didn't really get what it all meant you know whereas by the time batman came out that thing was massive for everybody who saw what happened with barbie last year it was that it was you know for for last year going into a cinema and seeing everyone dressed in pink and wearing sparkly cowboy hats and pink boots and all this sort of stuff that was what it was like back in 1989 when batman came out um 
it was just a phenomenon uh and you know it was one of those things where the hype machine kind of overpowered the actual film don't get me wrong like you know the film was was well received and everything of course but um it was it was really you know especially with comic book films it was the true sort of first blockbuster comic book film as much as superman did really well in the late 70s and stuff and you know kind of showed us what we could do with those films this one really showed people what it you know could be done with the right marketing behind it and stuff and not only that you know before that we all we had to go on was the 60s tv show um that was what everybody knew batman was throughout the 80s it was you know biff pow kabam uh, i love that show oh yeah absolutely i mean the, for what it is in its own right that is a mm. brilliant show but that was what everybody thought batman was about you know and so when tim burton came on as a director and you know especially when michael keaton was announced as batman like that threw a spanner in the works and there were protests there was you know there was a an article on the oh, front page so that was still a thing back then <laughs> oh yeah there was an article on the front page of the wall street journal asking if warner brothers had tricked people you know and all this sort of stuff like <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's it was. I mean, can you imagine if social media was around back then? Mm. It probably would have killed any chance that movie had of surviving. Um, and that's although you know, I mean the same thing happened. Remember Robert Pattinson? Everyone was yeah like so anti that, and then the oh, movie God, comes absolutely. out, and everyone's like, well, not everyone, but most mm. people were really into it. Like compared yeah. to how many people were complaining. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, look that 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 movie was just you know uh, yeah like i said it was a phenomenon so um yeah so what did you think of it now that you've uh, re-watched it and uh yeah it's interesting going back to it because i i don't rem hang on let me see did i right. watch it since letterbox I don't 2016 know. i rewatched it last mm -hmm. but in the meantime i've watched the other batman films Mm. Um, and what I really liked watching this one again, I absolutely loved going back to this Tim Burton world mm. rather than gritty and dark and yeah. serious. And it was mm -hmm. just so fun going back to this world. Like when you first meet Bruce Wayne mm. and, and Vicky Vale's like, Hey, I'm looking for Bruce Wayne. Do you know? And he's like, no. And then he's like, so smitten with her. And then he's like, Oh, I've got this pen. What do I do? I'll stick it in the yeah. arm. And then Alfred comes behind to mm -hmm. take it away. And I just love that he's just so kind of, it's a bit goofy almost. Mm. But then he's serious for Batman, but not like, yeah, I just, I prefer that kind of Batman. That's why Michael mm. Keaton's my Batman. Because mm -hmm. like when you look at Christian Bale and everyone, it's just so, there's too much. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was very subtle. Like, I mean, I enjoy the them, but I prefer. I At least prefer he didn't have that, that growling oh, voice and everything. Well, yeah, like, who's him? No, Ben Affleck. Is, I think it's Ben Affleck is the one that most just don't like the Batman voice. Oh, I thought Christian is it Bale ben was the worst. Was it Christian Bale? I can't oh, remember which Christian one Bale. it was now. No, Christian I, I think Bale it was. was... Ben Affleck. I don't know. He... One of the two. I just 
Bale the, the Batman so, voice annoyed. Maybe it was him then. But I just remember so, being annoyed. <laughs> he growled so heavily that you could sometimes not even understand what he was actually saying. It was like, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> um, yeah, man, just, just, can you just punch me again? Because I can't understand what you're saying. And um, same with the Joker. Mm, yeah. It, it's oh, just man. fun to have a Joker like this rather than just a super dark and deranged Joker, like just oh, a light and yeah. fun deranged instead. Yeah, I mean, he was really scary, but in a fun way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you could just tell how much Nicholson was lapping up that role. Like, mm. I watched, um, uh, actually, I watched like an hour of interviews after I watched the movie the other night, and they had interviews with Nicholson, and he was just beaming from ear to ear when he's talking about playing the role you know and he's talking about how it was it was actually fun to scare kids because you know <laughs> it's like it's a safe kind of scare and all this sort of yeah. stuff and he was just loving it i yeah look you know the, the one thing that i will always take away from that film is see for me an important thing in maintaining a good film from start to finish is a consistent tone um you know if you nail it from the start and i mean there's some of my most favorite movies like the crow seven even prisoners you know that they are movies that just from start to finish they don't forget who they are and batman to me was yeah up there with the best of them i mean the production design by Anton first was mm. phenomenal. Like you said, it had that Tim Burton edge to it. Um, well, the opening shots where it's just showing the city. Yeah. And, and also the way people were dressed, like the mm. reporter in that, like wearing the hats, like it's back in the 30s or 40s or whatever. Yeah, kind of yeah. Look. Everywhere, yeah, even the extras, if you just look at all the extras, they look like they're from the 50s and stuff. And the fact that, like, yeah, all the all the sets were built on a back lot. You know, there was no trickery. Everything mm. was real. Um, from memory, the only special effects, like CG sort of shot, was the first time you see Batman when it's a aerial view um, on that rooftop and he turns around and walks off and there's a shadow. Like, that was all animated, you know, which... Yeah, you can tell that now, but it doesn't matter. Um, I think that makes older films more enjoyable to watch now because, like, it's real stuff. You're actually seeing mm, real things rather than just yeah. green screen stuff everywhere. And it just oh, really adds sure. to what you're watching. Yeah, so that was impressive. You know, you look at, like, the, the museum, you know, when the Joker and his gang are all vandalising the place mm. and, you know, the Batcave, like, everything. I mean, okay, there were shots where... They used a matte painting to fill out the background, but... Um, I like you know... when movies have the matte paintings. I don't know if it's oh, like old same. films as well, but yeah, I noticed yeah. that and I was like, oh, it's so pretty. That opening shot of Gotham City, uh, mm. that was a matte painting, you know. Um, so, yeah, and I, I personally, yeah, I, I think Michael Keaton was just brilliant, you know, for a guy who's five foot eight to be, you know, playing this character, but it made sense you know because you'd sort of think this guy would need to dress in that costume you know i mean if you if you were someone who was like six foot four and you know absolutely built like you wouldn't need something like a back costume to intimidate people but michael keaton's version on the other hand um it was more plausible that he would 
require something like that. Um, I, uh, yeah, there, there really wasn't much I could fault with the film. I, uh, I thought Kim Basinger was good. Like she, she was, she was fine in the role. Um, Sean Young was actually meant to play that role initially, but like a week or so before filming, she fell off a horse and injured herself. And so she couldn't make him. They had to replace her instantly, basically. And so uh, Kim Basinger got the role. But they had an interview with Sean Young on the extra features I was watching. And oh my God, the sadness and regret in her face. Like she was, mm. you know, she said if she had gotten that role and been in that film, it would have led to a completely different career path for her. And yeah, I kind of felt bad for her in a way. But uh, yeah. Uh, and not only that, the score by Danny Elfman. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, that score was so iconic that the Batman animated series, the theme to that cartoon was actually an unused portion of music from the Batman score, um, which they didn't end up using. But um, not only the score, but even the Prince album. Like, that... I used to listen to that album every single night going to sleep when I was... <laughs> You know, 16 or whatever. Um, I loved that album. I thought the songs were used really well in the film. Um, especially Trust, when the Joker's balloon parade is coming into town and he's doing the dance on the on the float and stuff. Like, you know, that was, that was used so well. Um, yeah, just everything about that film, you know, put together. Because it was kind of funny, like, the Joker was all about art, you know, and he was you know admired vicky vale for being an artist and there was a lot of references to art in the film and you know when you think about it like that film really was a work of art you know that um from the production design to the music to the cinematography just yeah everything about it was was yeah an absolute art form so um yeah that, uh, i i still think to this day it is my favorite live action batman film how about you Probably. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I mean, mm. it's comparing different things. Well, that's so. true. I mean, yeah, like what you said with the Joker before, you know, everyone's got their favourite Joker because you can't compare any of them. Um, everybody gives something different to it. And, yeah, it's, yeah. So, yeah, I, mean, no, I get what Michael you're Michael Keaton's my favourite Batman. Mm. But, I don't know, I did really like the Batman Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. I think I gave that a really high rating. I can't mm. remember the Dark Knight films. Mm. Um, I think Batman Begins I gave a pretty high rating too. Mm -hmm. so, as much as I like Nolan's trilogy, I don't know, Burton's film for me just... I mean, yeah. as, as a whole, I definitely prefer these early Batman films. Because, I mean, Batman Returns is really good, and then mm -hmm. Batman Forever is really good, which I rewatched recently for the first time mm -hmm. since being, you know, when I was a kid. And lots mm -hmm. of people hate that one, so I was prepared for the worst, but it's so fun, and Jim Carrey mm -hmm. was so great, so... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I haven't seen Batman and Robin since oh, I was Christ. a kid. <laughs> Where are you going so with I haven't that completed, but as as a trilogy, like, yeah, definitely I, I was, the best. I, I was waiting for, you know, yeah, Batman was great. Batman Returns, Knocked Out of the Park, Batman Forever, I really love. But you know what? None of those films hold a candle 
<laughs> no, I will say though, I know a lot of complaints about Batman and Robin and how mm. like campy or cheesy it is or whatever. Mm. So I'm hoping that that I mean, I like George Clooney and I used to watch the old TV show, so mm. you know, maybe I will be on board enough with that kind of style and mood I to am... not hate it so curious as to what you're one day going to think of that film you have no idea because yeah i know with you it could go either way so yeah i don't know we'll see um so is keaton your favorite batman oh yeah oh no 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 sorry sorry uh i actually lean towards ben affleck myself only because he just looked like the version from the animated series stepped into the real world you know i thought he was so great as both batman and bruce wayne i know like what i said before you know about how it is it makes more sense for keaton's version to wear a bat suit to intimidate people and everything but i don't know at the at the same time i just love affleck's brick shithouse panzer tank coming and just break bones version yeah that was it was more kind of like um uh frank miller's dark knight returns like you know that kind of a style but um yeah so it's marginal but i do lean towards ben affleck but um although i do imagine that clooney would make a good bruce wayne because he's got that look no 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 he, he just seems like he could pull off that rich guy like rich bachelor he probably look. he probably could have if he actually decided to put in a performance that was you know <laughs> believable uh or whatever like he in batman and robin he just stood there and recited lines with a smirk on his face like that's yeah. well you know he kind of made up for it with his cameo recently yeah, I know, that was fun, but it doesn't excuse the fact that... I'm not saying uh, that, I'm just saying that that was a good thing. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but anyway, uh, what's a segue into this? So, you know, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger was in Batman and Robin, and uh, he co-starred with Sylvester Stallone in Prisoners. So, uh, <laughs> speaking of Sylvester Stallone movies, what do you got? So, of course, I had my payback edition for you making me watch mm. Kung Pao. And <laughs> you, you picked the sort of worst of the three films mm. I gave you. So yeah. you, you really went hard with the payback without knowing it. <laughs> I did. I did. I almost quit the podcast halfway through this film. I was like, is it really worth it? All right, let's keep so, going. Do it for yeah, the So... It's the movie Rhinestone, where mm. uh, Dolly Parton is trying to get out of a contract from a sleazy guy at the bar that she sings at and makes a deal that she can take any average guy off the street and make him a country music star. And they sort of have a thing at this club where people heckle new acts. And mm. so the deal is he has to make it through a song without being booed off by everybody. Mm. And what's really funny is I had always wondered why Sylvester Stallone agreed to do this film and I had mm. forgotten until I rewatched it that he co-wrote it <laughs> so yeah it, it was from him <laughs> rather than him agreeing to do it mm. so that's pretty funny I mean I yeah. I gave this a really high rating and I don't know why you really I, did I, I think maybe it was because I watched it in pandemic times 
And or you were high. I was um, really stressed and it was just such a break from reality <laughs> and just um, so weird and like how mm. how did this happen and come to be because yeah i'm not going to give it such a high rating when i log it again well as you said at the tail end of your review the main thing is this film made me feel happy glad mm. to have it in my collection yeah um i still I, think it's a fun film i just yeah okay. i rated it too highly i i i didn't think it was as fun a film as you did now i'm gonna be nice uh you know me i i don't just like absolutely tear into films unless it's movie 43 um yeah god damn you for making me watch this <laughs> film uh <laughs> no look it to me it was just weird yeah and like i was saying before where to me a good film has a consistent tone from start to finish <laughs> Fuck me, this one didn't. This one was like, one minute it's a slapstick comedy, and I'm talking, it went full slapstick. Then it goes into more kind of serious comedy, and then it goes into sort of drama. Then it goes back to slapstick, and it, like, it was all over the place. It rolled harder than a tumbleweed in a country music <laughs> video, and I just made that up. I swear to God, I have not written that one down. Um, I think, for me, the ultimate moment of weirdness was Drinkenstein. Now, <laughs> if anyone has seen the film, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. I remember that being a, a big standout thing on my first watch. And I I'm just, just like, sitting there. Kylie's asleep next to me. She, she didn't make it through the film and oh my god, I envy her. Um, yeah, that Drinkenstein moment where Stallone is sort of practicing to become a country star because uh dolly's character uh takes him away to her ranch or whatever to live the country life to turn him into a bona fide country star and uh, in the end he becomes a massive country star um and yeah so he does this drinkenstein song about beers and stuff and it was just I can't even explain it. Like, I'm, I'm good with words, but I can't explain what I saw or heard, mostly. Um, oh, but I, actually, what was worse, that or his Tutti Frutti rendition on the piano in the <laughs> church? When there was, was it a funeral? It was a funeral, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And he's yeah, because his family lives at a funeral home. and Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how many lines of coke he did before that scene, but, like, the way he was jumping around and screaming and banging this piano and stuff um his big organ he, yes he was banging his big organ right in front of dolly parton but um i my god yeah now you know me like i there are movies out there that are so goddamn weird that i absolutely love them so i get it like i totally get it i i will not criticize anybody for liking this film but i yeah, it didn't do it for me. It was just, this was one, I guess it was like you with Kung Pao. It, yeah, it didn't land for you. Yeah, th and... this had a lot of stupid stuff in it too. Oh, it had Dolly Parton singing and, you know, you got to cringe mm. every time Stallone sang. Although, oh, yeah. the, the, the final performance at the end, like, I didn't yeah. love the suit he was wearing and you oh, know it's okay, a good yeah. way to finish the film i thought even though mm. you know he still can't sing because he can't sing like mm. 
it was still a fun like vibe mm. so yeah yeah um look and i i guess for me as well you know i'm not a dolly parton fan i respect the fact that she is you know the biggest country artist of all time and all of this sort of stuff and she's you know written i think i read somewhere she's written over two thousand songs or something or was it two million i don't know um pretty sure it's two thousand and yeah she's she's done a lot of you know uh philanthropy sort of work and all this mm. sort of stuff like uh and i mean heck she recently did songs with people like Nikki six and rob zombie yeah, and stuff rock like album. Uh, no, uh rob halford sorry not rob zombie um <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, you know, that's cool. Like, yeah, she seems really cool and everything. I'm just not a fan. And so that probably held back my enthusiasm about it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I... I ooh, would I recommend this film to anyone? <laughs> I I personally it's, wouldn't. It's, no, it's a special kind of film. Yeah. It's I like why I never recommended it to you as, like, in general. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it was a payback is... edition, and I was like, this is a perfect one of three to go to you because you're not into country music. And and it's such a weird and silly film. It was Russian roulette, and I bit the bullet, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I guess, look, if you're a hardcore Stallone fan and you want to see well, him in a Well, that's why I watched role... it, because I started my Stallone project a mm-hmm. long time ago that's been on hiatus for quite some time well you did watch and <laughs> when i was looking through the filmography and saw he'd done a movie with dolly Parton, then i was like okay mm. i have to watch that yeah uh... and and the plot i'm like i have to see stallone try and be a country singer yeah yeah i mean it, it was sort of it was in a way it was a reverse my fair lady in in a lot of ways like um you know where in my fair lady of course you've got the english gentleman who you know find eliza doolittle who's a cockney you know street urchin or whatever and they've got to transform her into a lady you know whereas yeah this time around it was uh you know gender swap uh in that kind of story but um yeah so that was one of the things that i did like about it um but yeah, there, there wasn't really much else that I, <laughs> I liked about it. I don't know. Look, yeah, like I said, I, I get that there are people who well, enjoy it. Well, yeah, and, and payback's done, so hopefully you'll be very happy with the next film you watch. From Oh, me. yeah, and I am never, ever, ever, ever going to choose shit movies for you ever again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I sort of forgot that, uh, yeah, karma can get back and bite me in the ass. so... Yeah, but uh, but yes, there was of course a third movie, uh, one that you picked out of the lot that I gave to you, and oh, this is one that is a bit of a favourite of mine, and that is of course Sin City from two thousand and five, which was written, directed, shot, edited, scored by Robert Rodriguez, who is my god of filmmaking and. This is based on Frank Miller's uh, graphic novel series. It's a anthology of stories basically set in a town called Basin City. Uh, and you've got characters like uh, Bruce Willis, who's a toughened cop. Uh, Mickey Rourke, who's a toughened tough guy. Uh, Jessica <laughs> Alba, who's a toughened stripper. You've got Michael Madsen, who's a toughened detective. Basically, everybody in this film is toughened. Um, 
you've got Brittany Murphy, who's a toughened nurse. Um, uh, yeah. Everyone is very tough. Was she a nurse? Waitress. Waitress. That's what I meant. Not nurse. What did I say <laughs> nurse for? I'm leaving that in. I don't care. There you go. Uh, yes, she was a waitress. My apologies. Um, Elijah Wood is a toughened psycho. Um, so anyway, it's a collection of, of, of uh, three stories that are sort of bookended by um, little moments with Josh Hartnett as a toughened hitman. Uh, and Del Toro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and all the stories are kind of intertwined in ways and that sort of thing. But it is essentially the book come to life. A lot of people say things about movies, uh, you know, like Marvel films and everything, like, oh my god, you know, that was the comic book come to life. Sin City is like, hold my whiskey. Uh, that is literally, like, you can, they actually use the comic as storyboards for the film. That's how authentic it was. Now, I, I mean, obviously you can tell I'm a fan. I really want to know what your thoughts on this one are, because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I haven't got around to logging movies from yesterday yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I really liked it because, you mm -hmm. know me, I like visuals. And yeah. it was fun things, like it's in black and white, but then, you know, the the dress will be red or the character's mm. eyes will be coloured or their lips will be coloured or something. Or the and... yellow bastard is yellow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it was just really interesting. And then the whole, you know unreal physics of the comics mm. world with stuff happening and the way the cars yeah. fly around corners and come off the ground mm. and everything so and it's pretty cars too yeah yeah and that was another film that, that actually that i was noticing there's a lot of similarities between that and batman because like everything in sin mm. city kind of looked like it was from the 50s and stuff um i mean the cars were yeah from mm. the 50s but um but not only that like did you love the way that because I believe with the first one, there were only four actual sets that were built. There was Katie's bar. Uh, there was the kitchen where Brittany Murphy's uh, nurse character. <laughs> um, and, and only two other things. But like, yeah, everything else in the entire film, even when people are walking through streets and stuff, everything is green screen. Um, and so you've got the DVD or Blu-ray, don't you? Blu-ray. Okay, have a look on the Blu-ray and the special features. There's actually a version of the film. It only goes for 12 minutes, but it's the entire film sped up with no special effects added. It is <laughs> fascinating um, because you get to see the, the actual, you know, what they shot, but without any special effects. So everything is just green screen, you know. Um, I cannot recommend you watch that enough. That is really fascinating. So, yeah, like... I mean, it was this technical achievement, you know, it, um, it was... Yeah, I remember it being a big deal when it came out. I oh, just never got around yeah. to seeing it. Right, right. Um, but look, I, I thought, yeah, it, it was over the top, but in a perfect kind of way. Um, I and like the, the scenes where it went to just like a silhouette or like yeah. when blood went on the ground and it was white on the black. Yeah, yeah, like white silhouettes against black and stuff yeah. like that. Like, yeah. Um, and the way that Elijah Wood's character, his glasses mm. were usually just white. Um, yeah, and again, that was just all from the comics, you know, because that's how it was all done in, on the page. Um, yeah, but... Elijah Wood was so creepy. Oh, God, was he ever? <laughs> Especially... 
you know, his uh, his final scene, shall we mm. say, you know, where he's just got like a smile on his face while it's happening. And it's just like, oh my God, man, that's insane. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was excessively violent, but, you know, that was the nature of the stories. I thought, I thought the violence suited that world. It, it, you know, it belonged there. But... Well, and it's that comic style and everything too. So it wasn't yeah. like realistic so you can go over the top and mm, yeah yeah enjoy it <laughs> exactly um now one question though that i really want to put to you uh because i i've been reading a lot of people's comments on letterbox and stuff about this film and so many people are talking about how misogynistic the film is now in my view like yeah okay there is old town which is populated by hookers and you know, barely anyone is actually wearing anything and, you know, stuff like that. But to me, the characters, the female characters in this film were so super fiercely independent and strong. And, you know, they always had the power over the male characters uh, in pretty much every single scene. And I was kind of thinking, like, you know, what was what, what's your outlook on that, you know, from a female perspective? Well, I didn't think that. I thought they mm. were really cool. It's like the whole tough girl thing and mm. the outfits looked really cool. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. I was on board with it. I, yeah, I don't get the misogyny stuff. Um, I mean, they all I had mean, their, their weapons that they knew how to use. and mm. Like, know. I get there are scenes of violence against women, but... I've, but, as I far mean, as I could tell, also, all the women got that, their comeuppance. That happens anyway, so... Yeah, I know. You know, um, and there's violence towards men as well. Like, I didn't yeah. feel like there was anything singled out about the woman. Well, when you think about what the women did to the men in this film, especially Miho, little Miho, um, oh, you know, with so those... Cool. So, oh, my God, isn't she brilliant? Um, yeah, I, I don't get it uh, and i would definitely love to hear other people's opinions if you guys want to find us on social media uh, at dan underscore and underscore frankie or just google us or whatever or send us an email uh dan and frankie podcast at gmail.com i really want to hear what other people's perspectives are on that because um yeah i i don't get it myself because yeah i'm watching this thing and i'm just like man these are women that I would not want to mess with in a dark alley or uh, do anything, you know, untowards. But um, I don't know if you were aware, the, uh, did you, you notice at the start how it was guest directed by Quentin Tarantino? Yeah. Do you know what the story was there? No. Okay, so Robert Rodriguez scored Kill Bill 2 for a dollar. And, <laughs> and uh, in returning the favour... Quentin Tarantino directed a scene in Sin City for a dollar, and it was the scene where uh, Jackie Boy and Dwight, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Benicio del Toro and Clive Owen are in the car, and you know, Benicio's got the gun, mm. and he, like he's dead, but he's talking. That was directed by Quentin Tarantino, um, and it was also interesting because Tarantino you know, has always been a stickler for film. Like he, you know, absolutely frowns upon digital. Whereas Robert Rodriguez was, you know, he jumped aboard the digital revolution when that happened. And so it was Tarantino's first time actually getting to, you know, work with digital cameras and stuff. And he, at the time, like he said it was cool, but, you know, it's not something that he'd ever actually, you know, switch to. But um, 
Yeah, so that was the scene, yeah. And there were things like, you know, when Jackie Boy's head goes back and his and his voice changes to mm. that weird sort of screech and then yeah. back down again. Yeah. That was all Tarantino, you know, that was um yeah, so no, nah, it was that was very, very cool. That was some but, good uh, acting in that scene. Oh my god, yeah. Um I thought there was great acting in the entire film. There really mm. was. Um But just no, that, that scene that in is... particular because of dealing with the the neck thing and the yeah, yeah. dead thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was over the top. It was extremely stylish. It was a, a you know revolutionary film in in terms of technology. Um, and yeah, it is, that is another film I gave five stars to. I I just love that film. It is so rewatchable, so memorable. Unlike its sequel, <laughs> um, which this is what I mean. You know, this this first film was so engrossing it was so memorable whereas that second one just it didn't well i didn't even know there was a sequel so that's how much no one talks about it right (laughs) right yeah yeah um no it um the characters weren't anywhere near as memorable you know i mean mickey rock was back in it um in sort of flashback stuff bruce willis had a brief role in it but um yeah it wasn't anywhere near as good i did watch it in 3d which was actually amazing because of the way the film was made you know with things shot against the green screen of course they could make three like the 3d went in way deep into my tv you know it was amazing to look at um but yeah it was nothing on the first movie but um but yeah no i'm very glad that you enjoyed it because uh yeah that that one meant a lot to me yeah and i'm glad you made me watch it because that blu-ray has been on my shelf for a number of years it has it has uh yeah no that is a film i was really happy that you chose because i couldn't believe you hadn't seen it because uh but no please do me a favor and watch that 12 minute version of uh how you know the film without any special effects because yeah it is mind-blowing especially when you see scenes where people are walking along a street and they're actually on a green treadmill yeah Oh, or, you know, when they're running, like, you know, when they're running to the farm, you know, through the woods and stuff, like, yeah, treadmill, you know, it's just <laughs> like, wow, man, that is absolutely incredible. Um, so, yeah. I feel like I would find it hard to act with green screen stuff. Well, that's what Kylie said. you have said, to, you like, know... visualize everything that's around you. Exactly. And that's what Kylie said, you know, kudos to the actors on that film for being able to give such incredible performances you know when they're not acting with anything because i think a lot of actors complained about that on um george lucas's star wars prequels because they were mostly filmed on green screens and yeah the actors were just like well you know it's kind of hard to imagine where we are right now um but no the actors i thought in this yeah did a phenomenal performance of like everybody there wasn't a single bad performance i think in that film but um yeah uh no i'm yeah very very happy that you enjoyed it Hmm. all right well uh we're going to do something a little bit different with our uh movie choices next fortnight aren't we yeah just to to mix things up and in case the other person's not picking the clues we want them to pick we thought (laughs) for every fifth episode we're we're just going to give a movie to each other Mm. Uh, no choices we'll just be like this is what you're watching And I think we should call that segment Without Consent. Mm. (laughs) Brought to you by Harvey Weinstein. Uh, (laughs) There you go. Yeah, 
Because we were going to try and come up with a name for it, and I uh, yeah. just came up with that on the spot. I think it should uh, be called Without Consent. There we go. Okay. I think that could ruffle a few feathers as well, you know, but uh, yeah, whatever. That's what it's called. So um, who's going first? Cause well, I... you, you can go first because oh. I know you've been settled on one for ages, and oh, I, yeah. I still have my list of nine movies that I'm mm -hmm. trying to pick from, but also All should right. we announce our main film first? Oh yes, that's actually <laughs> probably a good idea. All right, well, go for it. You can, you can, uh, you can tell them what we're going to do for that one. So our next main film is going to be Speed. Woohoo! Yes, I am so looking forward to talking about that one because uh, that was one of the biggest and most beloved action movies that came out of the 90s and yeah as soon as you said oh what about that one i was like oh boy i didn't even yep. say what about it i knew it was going to be a winner yeah yeah you so just i just yelled it. the title at you <laughs> you did you did as much as i normally cannot freaking stand when people write movie titles in capital letters but i was doing it for sense. shouting so it exactly was valid. That that made perfect sense. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yes, we will be talking about speed for our mutual film. Um, now, the film that I have chosen for you is a film that I think pretty much... Well, ever since I first found out that you hadn't seen it, 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 it destroyed my soul a little bit. <laughs> and I, I think the first night I found out, I did actually curl up in the shower just you know sucking my thumb in the fetal position i cried myself to sleep that night i didn't eat for a week um okay look i'm exaggerating here but uh no it is a film it is one of my most cherished films of all time and the film that i am going to be making you watch without consent <laughs> is this is spinal tap ah this is yes. a film that I first saw it, I think, in the 90s, in the early 90s, and I just couldn't believe what I was watching. It just, I, yeah, wow. I thought it was the most perfect music-related film ever made, and I've been lucky enough to see it on a cinema screen. I have 12-inch figures of the three main guys from it um like i yeah wow i i go deep with this film but yeah it, it is something that i just i couldn't believe you hadn't seen so mm. yeah you're gonna be watching that one cool well that is one that has been on my list for years and then mm. i remember finding the dvd at Bookfest. you did and, and i yeah. bought it and still haven't got years to it ago. yet <laughs> yeah, no, i know no, one year ago Oh, okay. Whenever think, it was, but yeah. yeah, not not as long as Sin City on my shelf. <laughs> right, right. No, I remember when you bought it, and I was like, "Oh, yes, you're finally going to watch that movie." And then you didn't, and you still yeah, haven't. And I'm just I, like, I have a lot of what? movies to get to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep telling yourself that, lady. Um, all right. So now, the, the, there's no such thing as Rhinestone Two, is there? <laughs> No, I'm going to give you a okay, good movie. Good. Well, I hope you think it's a good movie because I, do too. I, I really, do. really love it. Um, mm -hmm. Of these nine movies, there is... Oh, I was going to say there's one from the 90s, but there's actually two, I just realised. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to give you the one that is the one. <laughs> All right. So well, you... The one with Jet Li. Like, I've seen it. No. Oh. <laughs> you were going to watch Brain Scan. 
Right, right, right. Yeah, because uh, one of our movie marathons, uh, of course, we saw we had the trailer for that one come up before a film, and I was like, oh man, this looks really good. Yeah, and, fun 90s yeah. film with a like virtual reality game. Mm hmm. And yeah. uh, it's lots of fun, too, because Edward Furlong's the guy and he's, like, really into horror mm -hmm. stuff. So he's got this cool basement. Well, I don't know if it's a basement, but it's this huge area that's his bedroom and there's, like, right. stuff all over the walls and everything. It's just really fun. Brilliant. Yeah, I am super-duper keen to see that film. So, yeah, no, thank you. That's, that's yeah, wow, a couple of great choices that we've given each other there. All right, so there we have it. Next episode uh, coming up on the, I don't know, probably the 1st of Two March, weeks I guess. from now. Two weeks from now. Um, yeah, we're going to be covering Speed. This is Spinal Tap and Brain Scan. And uh, yeah, honestly, if you guys don't come back for that, there is something seriously wrong with you. No, there's not. That's not nice. But anyway. And in um, between, we will probably have our bonus episode for Prisoners because... Well, yes. Because that's uh, all we're talking about. Like, yeah, yeah, we will drop that one next week. So if you're a fan of the movie Prisoners, uh, make sure you come back for that one. Uh, that'll probably be next Friday, I'm guessing. For next Friday, shall yeah. we say? Yeah, all right. Sounds good. All right, so um, we're going to get into the sealed section because we've got so many spoilers that we want to talk about. So uh, if you do not want spoilers for any of the films that we have discussed, then... Go away. Go and do something productive with your lives uh, and come back next time. No, thank you very much for sticking around. We really appreciate each and every one of you for listening. Um, but, yes, if you want to come join us in the hot tub of spoilerdom, then, um, yeah, things are about to get saucy. So, yeah, bye for now, all you non-spoiler people. And for the rest of you, let's dive on in. you a question as, oh, a, right. as yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a comic book guy yes one thing i thought was interesting because when i watched joker with joaquin phoenix mm. i remember finding it really weird that he went to meet bruce wayne and bruce wayne was like a kid mm -hmm. and i was like oh that's a really big age difference between them mm. and then i watched batman and it's like oh joker killed his parents so there's mm. the big age difference between them and then yeah. i'm like is that because I'm so used to, in the new movies, Batman mm -hmm. and Joker are just the same age, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that was actually interesting. Because um, the the person who murdered Bruce Wayne's parents was a guy named Joe Chill. It was never Jack Napier. Who, I mean, the Joker was in the comics was never even Jack Napier. That was all for the film. But uh, it was all Tim Burton's idea of coming up with that. And... Um, one of the screenwriters actually uh, kind of took umbrage to that decision because I was watching one of the interviews and he was saying that uh, so many people would come up to him and going, you know, how can you do that? How can you make, you know, the Joker was the one who killed Bruce Wayne's parents and stuff. And he was like, whoa, 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 no, 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 that had nothing to do with me. That was totally Tim Burton's decision. So that was just Well, something... it was more the age difference. Like I knew he didn't kill his parents yeah. but i just wondered if there was the age gap there originally or is it just there's no. just been a no no that, thing that, done 
Yeah, no, that's just, just two films just decided thing. to make a big age difference. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when you look at you know Heath Ledger's Joker, like he doesn't appear much different to Christian Bale. Yeah, that's what uh, I mean. It's Joker with Joaquin Phoenix Leto. and this one, and then the later mm. films they're all the same age. So I just wondered. Yeah, it's up to the what director. The original was. It's, no, just original, checking because comic yeah. book films you never know. <laughs> that is true. That is true. As Grandma Manning used to always say, <laughs> you never know. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Um, but look, other than that, yeah, no, I, I don't really have any spoilers for that, man. It is a movie that everybody has seen anyway, so well, don't, there's nothing don't to spoil. Assume. Oh, no, everybody has seen no, it. I, there will always be people who haven't seen I, it. No, there are actually, like, starving, tri starving tribes in Africa who, you know, have seen Batman. Like, that's the only thing they've ever seen, but it was Batman. I, I promise you that. Um, uh, no, I don't. Anyway, um, do you have any uh, spoilers for Rhinestone? No, you yeah. can't, can't really spoil that movie. <laughs> it's, it's a basic um, plot. Yeah, I mean, everyone can guess what happens at the end. Uh, well, that's yeah. why I talked about the show at the end, because I'm like, it's a movie about getting him ready for a show at the end, so you know yeah, there's going to be yeah, a show exactly. at the end. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Um, Sin City, on the other hand. Now, what I was saying before about Elijah Wood, uh, I yeah, can't remember his character. Did his character even have a name? Um, but yeah, there was there was that moment where oh, Kevin, his name was Kevin, um, oh. where of course Mickey Rock sets him up, you know, with the with the razor wire and all that sort of stuff, and winds up dismembering his arms and legs, and he's just a stumpy torso against a tree and his pet wolf comes up and is just eating his legs and it cuts to that face just with that grin on it it was just oh my god man you you, you could really feel the pain but you know it was yeah quite a disturbing moment wasn't it mm. well that was his whole thing of just like staring and not saying anything yeah yeah it's that was such a so weird brilliant character. Yeah, like I, I, I don't know. There was a lot of um, moments where you know, I love how so many people just got shot like eighteen times and yet still lived and stuff like yeah. that. You know, um, like you know the, the fate of Bruce Willis's character, where you just kind of like you know, well, is he gonna die or like you know, what's the story there? I, I yeah, love... I thought he died in that in that first scene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I was so, sad. I was like, oh, that's a bit depressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I, mean, I thought the the way the, uh, you know, Jessica Alba's character, you know, kind of um, uh, Nancy, you know, sort of developed a crush on him, like, or, you know, yeah, thought she was in was love with weird. him and everything. That was a bit weird. Mm. Um, but it, it, at the same time, it made sense. And I guess that's possibly another thing why people thought it was misogynistic was like, Oh, of course, you know, the 60-something-year-old man is going to have the 19-year-old stripper falling in love with him no, or whatever. But, yeah, everyone hates an age difference. But when you think about what brought that about, you know, um, you know, with, with um, uh, God, what was his name? Rock Jr., uh, the, who became the Yellow Bastard, you know, like, mm. but that whole trauma, you know, I thought was actually quite, they kind of went really deep into trauma and... and stuff like that so i thought that was plausible uh yeah it was a bit weird very but... weird 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I loved the fate of the yellow bastard, where like he just had his genitalia ripped off and then his head like pummeled into the ground, like because you really wanted to see that guy suffer in a mm. big way. Um, his father, Senator Rourke, who was played by Powers Booth, he is a more prominent character in the second one because the stories are set you know back a bit um he's actually the one who hosts the poker table games and stuff like that um but yeah um but yeah look i, I overall like right, that's probably as many spoilers as i got for that film i think uh did you have anything spoilery nope, nope. all right now i'm going to get into villains so if nobody wants to hear about villains we we bid you farewell we'll see you in two weeks or in a week etc but i've got to talk about the ending of villains because yeah like i know for a fact that you share my sentiment in this in that um skarsgård's character gets killed and mm. i hated that because those two characters uh mickey and jules they were so amazing together on screen and you get this ending where um like they're, they're in the car about to make the big getaway and george who is the man of the house the freaking weirdo played by jeffrey donovan I love him oh my god yeah he's so, <laughs> so great <laughs> so great um yeah he's standing there with a gun and you sort of think okay like you know they're gonna get away with this they've got the little girl in the back they're gonna you know go off into the sunset everything's going to be hunky-dory and then yeah mickey gets killed and i'm just sort of sitting there like okay he's not dead but then yeah he clearly was and that was the only thing that let it down not only that not only the fact that they killed him off but i just thought jules should have been more emotional about it more broken up over it and stuff like I don't know she just kind of went off with the little girl and and made a life with her and it was like yeah re remember mickey like from the last scene like, you know? <laughs> um yeah so what, what were your thoughts on that whole thing oh yeah that was awful because i loved them so much um mm. i even said in my review ignoring the ending that you know i know i'll be revisiting in the future just to hang out with them some more because they mm. were so great but yeah mm. i think i'm just gonna not watch the end when i watch it again <laughs> yeah yeah i think like just just you know turn it off where you know when, when they're about to drive towards george is like you know cut to black boom yes they ran him over they got away with it though i actually ended up finding some fan fiction thing that someone had written saying she didn't really do a lot of checking that he was definitely dead so they made a story mm. that he he wasn't dead and so then he turns up on the beach later on and they're reunited. Yeah, right. So I'm, yeah. I'm just going to go with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that sounds good to me. Um, yeah, no, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, Sometimes it's fine to have all your characters survive a movie. Oh, in this case, like, look, I'm, I'm all for killing off characters. I mean, you know, that's why I love James Gunn's films so much. Um, but not this time, you know, the, like... And especially after everything that they'd been through, you know, to get out of that place to escape, like, and they showed the compassion by saving the little girl and all this sort of stuff, like, yeah, that, that 
ending really didn't sit well with me at all. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad that we were in agreement on that one. So, oh, yeah. definitely. Can't yeah. kill Bill Skarsgård. He said kill Bill. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. All right. Well, that's that's as much as I've got in terms of spoilers. So uh, what do you say? We get out of here? Yeah. All right. So to everybody who has made it this far, my goodness, well done, you guys. Round of applause to everybody. Um, but yes, no, thank you so much for, uh, for sticking around. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And like I said, come and find us on the socials and, and tell us what you think of all these movies and go and watch some of the movies that we've talked about. And um, yeah, next week we'll be dropping back in with some Prisoners Talk. And then, yeah, the following week after that will be, of course, Speed. This is Spinal Tap and Brain Scan. So, uh, yeah. Any uh, any last words for your adoring fans? No, you're just sitting there shaking your head. No. Oh, she's shy. All right. Well, from Frankie and myself, thank you, everybody. And, uh, yeah, we will catch you on the next one.